Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 440th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is John Rahm birdieing the last two holes to become the first Spaniard ever to win the U.S. Open. It was amazing when you consider that when we last saw John Rahm, he was being told in Ohio a couple weeks ago on a Saturday evening as he was walking off the green at the 18th hole with a six-stroke lead in Jack Nicklaus's tournament, told that he had to enter COVID protocol. He had just tested positive that day and was disqualified for the final round. Again, heading in with a six-stroke lead. So we won't soon forget it. He basically sunk to his knees when he was told the news right on the 18th hole as he finished up on Saturday with one of the best rounds of his life. He is the first ever golfer to birdie the last two holes and to win the U.S. Open, and this is the 120th year. So that's quite a statement. Uh, he had won a Tory Pines earlier, and they told a great backstory where he proposed to his wife and their uh, brand new parents. And you may have seen the them holding uh, their new child yesterday after the win. But anyway, he proposed to his wife on the cliffs at Tory Pines. So uh, just a great story, and he clearly arrived with a chip on his shoulder after uh, being disqualified two weeks ago and missing an opportunity at practically a sure win with a six-stroke lead. And for him, as he said after the match, you know, he stayed positive for two weeks. He didn't let it get to him. And it was all on full display the last four days and never more so than the last two holes to win it. It was awesome. Great theater. Well, my bizarre story of the week is... The Sixers' Ben Simmons literally looking like he's scared to shoot. Uh, as was on display late in Game 7 last night, as the Sixers were beat in Game 7 by the Atlanta Hawks, who will now advance to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Milwaukee Bucks. We all know about uh, Ben Simmons' foul shooting woes. Let's not forget, number one pick, six foot eleven, and plays like a point guard. But anyway, we... We all know about his foul shooting woes. You, you basically have to take him off the court at various points because he can't hit foul shots, which is nothing other than embarrassing. But at the end of the game, uh, game seven, still in it, he made 
a really nice move right under the basket to lose the guy that was covering him for what was going to be an uncontested dunk. The only person near him was five foot nothing Trey Young, uh, and he passed the ball from literally right under the basket where he could have slammed it and uh, cut into that Atlanta lead and maybe uh, kept their chances alive. So what are the Sixers going to do with Ben Simmons? Big question. And uh, Doc Rivers, uh, who I think owns three of the worst blown leads ever, uh, his post-game press conference, he was, uh, shall we say, not exactly supporting Ben Simmons. So, again, let's not forget, this guy was like top pick, 6'11", a phenom. And so we'll see what happens there. But, I, you know, we'll always remember not the foul shooting anymore, the passing up of the slam dunk that was right there. Uh, my low light of the week, and oh, by the way, Trey Young, just incredible to watch. Uh, he's becoming one of the new faces of the NBA, along with Devin Booker uh, and a few others. But those two stand out. Um, my low light of the week is all the superstars being out with injuries like Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, Mike Conley, and in this case, Chris Paul in COVID protocol. Luckily, we have Kevin Durant, who's... Uh, whose play the last couple games has been otherworldly. There's no other word for it. Uh, you know, he's doing things we've never seen before. He led the massive comeback with 49 points, basically put the team on his back in game five, I believe it was. And in game seven, put in another 48, an inch away from winning that game with a three-pointer. It was a two-pointer. They tied it against the Bucks on Saturday night. And uh, and then uh, they won in overtime. The Bucks did. But Kevin Durant has just been putting on a show. And, you know, he may be now the best in the world. Is he better than LeBron? Big question. Uh, he's doing just incredible things. The big three became the big one-and-a-half Durant and basically a half of James Harden. Uh, but really, to me, the best story of the whole playoffs uh, is clearly the, the Phoenix Suns, you know, who won yesterday without Chris Paul. Not only is he great on the floor, he's great off the floor, meaning just a tremendous leader. They were interacting with him. Devin Booker, I think, was on the cell phone walking off the court at the end of the game. Devin Booker had one of the most amazing triple-double all-around games in playoff history, really. 16 points straight at one point. That's a jaw-dropping uh, figure. I think it was in the third quarter. And, uh, you know, they're without Chris Paul, but, you know, the Clippers on the other side were without, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard out with injury, as I said previously. And... I got, I got to hand it to Paul George. He's taken a lot of criticism, uh, even from myself. Gave himself the name. Playoff P has never, ever <laughs> earned it, shall we say, until the last week. And during the last week, he has earned it. Kawhi's out, and he uh, finally had no security blanket. Could have gone a lot of different ways, but instead he stepped up and has been had an amazing week including another good game yesterday, uh, but his play against Utah 
and carrying them to wins over number one seed Utah in game six and seven uh, has been just really impressive. His post-game interviews and all that have been, uh, you know, equally impressive. Yeah, I just, again, I think a lot of people's opinions, certainly mine, have been turned around on playoff P. We can now call him that. He's earned it, finally. Uh, but I think a lot of people's opinions on playoff P has been uh, turned around here in the last uh, week. So, and let's not forget the hockey playoffs. Uh, they've been great. Tampa Bay Lightning, or as they're called in Tampa, the Ning, are just looking great as they all the the defending Stanley Cup champions the talent they have is incredible I've had the pleasure of uh, attending Lightning Bruins game last March of 2020 was the last sports event I attended uh, for a year until I went up to the Arnold Palmer Open in March in Orlando I've often visited outside. There's something about going to a hockey game and hanging out outside in shorts and T-shirt and flip-flops that's really cool. And it's a rockin' party outside Emily Arena for every game. And now they're uh, close to doing it against the Islanders. Uh, they're just really strong. I see them uh, successfully defending their cup. And uh, But they got their hands full with the Islanders. We shall see. And then... I, to just cap off the first segment here. Uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights, Montreal Canadiens, now tied 2-2. The Golden Knights won in overtime last night. So good stuff. And uh, and the hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs, basically every night is awesome. So with that said, let's take our break. Next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football, and many other sports as well, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. 
Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hello, John. How are you? So glad to be on your show. Doing great, AP. It's a wonderful time of the year on the sports calendar. Not only do we have golf, U.S. Open, amazing finish, NBA, amazing finishes, and hockey, Stanley Cup playoffs. We have, you know, UEFA, European Soccer Championships, which are fun. Uh... Copa, South American Championships. Uh, so it's just amazing. Central American Championships and soccer, I believe, are all going on. So it's like if you're looking for, you know, prime items to watch or background items to have uh, all day long, like soccer, uh, it's, a, it's a great time for sports, AP. And uh, so NBA playoffs, golf, uh, made for a great weekend, that's for sure. What caught your fancy? Yeah, John, you know, some different teams in the playoffs, right, for the NBA. Right, right? Hasn't Bingo. Phoenix maybe been in the, been in the, been in the uh, Phoenix been in the championship round? I think it's just twice that I can recall, way back in 76, I think, the Celtics, and then they played oh, Chicago. Uh, that was in, in the 90s. I mean, that's, that's my record. Yeah, that's my recollection. Of course, that 76 series, that triple overtime game, is famous in the Boston Garden, yes. I know exactly where I was, and I think a lot of people do. Literally, I remember exactly where I was that night. <laughs> I was in an establishment in my hometown of Altoona, PA, uh, still in college, I believe. And a bunch of us were together yeah. watching that game. You know, Pittsburgh doesn't have we're, – we're Pittsburgh area, so we don't have an NBA team. It's still crazy that they don't to this day, but – uh, right. So a lot of people, myself included, uh, root for the Celtics or the Sixers. And, uh, boy, it, we were all watching that game that night. We'll never forget it. Gar Hurd from the Suns making that fantastic shot. Paul West, Paul Westfall having the game of his life. Yes. And then JoJo White, Dave Cowens. You know, it's just so fun to say these names. It really is. And, uh, yes. yeah. 
So AP, I mean, the last, the final four, Suns, uh, you know, Suns are in it, which, again, I think they're just literally right now the darling of America for anybody who doesn't have a horse in the race with this final four. Um, right. You know, teams who are already lost, but they love their NBA, they're watching and I think they're all in on the Suns and they're playing the Clippers in the conference finals and coming up will be the yes. Bucks. Uh, who really, really, uh, they, they shed a lot of skeletons by winning that game. Really a massively fascinating yes, overtime game in Brooklyn, beating Kevin Durant on Saturday night. Uh, and the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, they, they I think they might be, uh, you know, anybody who loves an underdog is loving the Atlanta Hawks if they're not loving the Suns. Uh, the, the, of those four teams, the last championship yes. among them was 50 years ago in uh, when I believe Lou Alcindor and Oscar Robertson led the Bucks to the championship uh, in 1971. And you're going to think this is crazy. I was at the, one of those games. I drove down from Altoona, my hometown, to Baltimore. They were playing the Baltimore Bullets. <laughs> Remember them? No lie. Yes. Earl Monroe, yes. Gus Johnson, yes. Wesley Unseld, Jack Marin. Yes. So we were in That's high school. Right. And we did what high school kids do. We woke up on a Sunday morning in Altoona, two and a half, three hour drive down to Baltimore. The game was at one o'clock that afternoon and we said, let's go. And we all jumped in the car and we went, we got tickets. And I, so I attended one of those games. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing, John. It is. Yes, it is amazing. I, I haven't thought about it in a while until they flashed up of the final four. The last championship was 50 years ago. Alcindor's Bucks won, and I said, "Oh my gosh, that's the year." I was a junior in high school, <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think in the backcourt was Kevin Lockery and Fred Fred Mad Dog Carter, I think, as well. Yes, and remember the other guy I remember was uh, uh, Jack uh, Mike Reardon, left-handed shooter, yes. sharp shooter, yes. I yes. should say. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, John, it's a funny story. I was in basketball camp, and I played against Mike Reardon. Really? Wow. Yes. I, I sure was in high school. Yes, played against him. Sure did. Yeah, I think he blocked one of my shots in the corner, I think, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Going against a future NBA player? <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you had well, your he hands was already full. in the NBA. Right, he was right. already in the NBA playing with um, – let me see. At that time, I, I'm trying to remember if he was with the Knicks at that time or uh, Baltimore. I kind of forgot now. But, uh, yeah, so it was fun to play against an NBA player. Yeah, he was in the, the guest speaker, and then we had a little little uh, scrimmage. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have those memories, and, and here they are. So it's, it's really a cool Final Four you know, so all four can make a statement to either being an underdog, new to the party, shall we say, or in the case of the Bucks, new to the party, but also, I mean, you know, they had some serious demons to shed 
from the last couple of years. You know, Giannis, a couple MVP awards. They'd won, you know, best regular season record awards. So they had home field, home court throughout. Yet they weren't getting it done. They were knocked out fairly early. Uh, so they were getting a lot of criticism. And, uh, but yet, uh, here they are. Um, uh, and, you know, and, and what they did on Saturday night was really, really pretty impressive uh, in, you know, beating the Nets in Brooklyn and, you know, beating Kevin Durant, who's just otherworldly performance is something never, none of us will ever forget in a losing cause. His last two games, 49, 48 points and an inch, an inch away from winning that game Saturday night with a three-pointer at the buzzer. Crazy stuff. Right. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, to beat that talented team in Brooklyn is a, a great feat. It, it doesn't happen very often. Obviously in Milwaukee, like I said, 50 years ago, and uh, I, I think that's the last, was that the last time they were in the finals or was there one other time possibly they were in the finals? I I, I, I just believe they were, but I can't remember the year. It, but Milwaukee. it's nice to see the new teams. You know, you know, Phoenix has never won, right? The L.A. Clippers definitely have never won. Definitely never won. <laughs> say the least. <laughs> For certain. Yeah, I can, nice. I can say that with a clear conscience, yeah. Uh, correct. And you don't have to look Milwaukee. that one up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Milwaukee is half a century ago. And um, the Hawks have won maybe as the St. Louis Hawks in the 50s. They beat Bill Russell. Bill Russell lost two championships. I think it was to um, the Hawks. I believe both Lock-headed. both times possibly. Yes, was, and they t- they specifically mentioned that times. last night. Did they? Mm-hmm. That the last time yeah. they were this far along, uh, the Hawks mm-hmm. was uh, the Bob Pettit era of the St. Louis Hawks, which is like that's a wow right. <laughs> to say the least. I don't yeah. think too many of us right. remember the St. Louis Hawks. I don't. No, <laughs> Put yeah. it that way. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't recall them. Yeah, I always recall the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, that's all I remember. And I had, saw, had seen them play many times because they were always in the uh, playoffs against the Boston Celtics, one of the early rounds, usually. Absolutely. And speaking of the Bucks, or not the not yeah, not the Bucks, but we were earlier speaking about the Bucks and when they that they might have been in another championship round but I remember vividly as, as we go down memory lane here when Sidney Moncrief among others led the Bucks to a 4-0 sweep of the Larry Bird Celtics uh, famous in Boston I had forgotten it yeah mm-hmm. under Bill Fitch and I think that was the end of Bill Fitch and they brought in Casey Jones more relaxed guy to put it mildly and Larry Bird yes, that yes. summer went home and basically worked on his game in his backyard court for whatever 12 hours a day every day in the off season and you know right. he went from a fabulous wonderful young player uh to uh, the superstar that he became mvp level all of it he became larry bird after that and he swore right. nothing like that would ever happen again it was sort of like the tim tebow uh, you know, uh, statement mm-hmm. that that will never happen again. Declaration, when, when right? Florida got beat. Mm-hmm. The declaration, good word. So anyway, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm only saying it because that Bucks team was awfully good there for a couple of years, and they may have gotten pretty far as well, um, deep in the playoffs. And they certainly got past the Celtics one year. That's for darn sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, it was probably Sidney Moncrief and Marcus Johnson, I would think. Bingo. Yep, from UCLA, absolutely. And Moncrief was from Arkansas, totally. It was Marcus Johnson was the other superstar on that team. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway you know I think everybody's loving this final four I really do you know the NBA let's face it for the last maybe couple decades has been the most predictable you know league you know you kind of know for years it was Celtics Lakers obviously greatest rivalry ever in my mind and uh, Mm -hmm. then you know then it was the Jordan Bulls and the Pistons were around, still the Lakers. Lakers and Celtics have always been around for the most part, but although the Celtics were horrible in the 90s. But anyway, uh, then, you know, we kind of moved into, uh, you know, just other teams dominating. You kind of had a feel who was going to end up most years in the conference finals and the, and the finals. And this year yeah. has shaken that to the core, to the core. And I think it's great for the NBA, actually. They needed this. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think so, too, John. I think people will enjoy these different teams in the uh, playoffs and the reaching the finals. And maybe a brand-new team wins the championship. Um, especially, you know, what if the Clippers finally won a championship, John? I mean, you couldn't predict that ever. Yeah, and their win on Game 7 to beat Utah, that postgame, the moment the game ended, the crowd, the players, that, that, that was a moment for them. You know, I didn't realize what a moment it would be until it was unfolding right in front of me on Friday night. I think, yes. and I'll, you spoke of declarations, I'll make a declaration right now. Trey Young and Devin Booker are going to be two of the new faces of the NBA. They're both riveting to watch. Riveting. And, uh, you know, playoff P has finally become playoff P. What's that? I said they're fearless. Fearless. Yeah, you can't take your eyes off either of them. They're both, especially, you know, they're both great in their own way. But Trey Young, you know, five foot nothing, as I said earlier from the Rudy movie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is nothing short of amazing. And and Devin Booker is just, uh, oh, he showed what he's all about. Yesterday, he added the, uh, you know, the capability of leadership to his long resume, and he led that team to victory. Put him on his back without Chris Paul. Amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal to watch these young players, John. They they really believe they're the best player. They may yes, not exactly be, when they when you watch them, they play Fearless. with such confidence. In resolve, yes. yes. Yeah, you you did say the perfect word. Fearless is the word for those two players. And then you know, yeah, playoff P finally becoming his self-named nickname of playoff P within a week, changing the entire you know perception of him, both on the court and off with good post-game interviews, as I said earlier. And then uh, you know, Giannis, you know, MVP guy. Uh, the Bucks weren't getting it done. Early exits from playoffs recently, while he's all while he's winning MVPs and they're having the best record, and suddenly they're there in the finals. And they've gotten there before, but uh, here they are again. 
and Giannis has another opportunity not to mention Chris Middleton by the way he's awesome and uh but Giannis it's about Giannis and he has the opportunity to really uh go next level as perhaps the best player in the league Kevin Durant notwithstanding and of course LeBron's always in the mix so it's going to be a fun fun week with the conference finals leading to the NBA finals so a couple so we got another three weeks maybe even a day or two more to enjoy all this it's going to be great yeah I look forward to it uh, John and Giannis could be one of those kind of players like I'm thinking I'm trying to think of a player from overseas that won a championship I guess it's probably Dirk and I'm trying to think of somebody else but he would be another one if he Tony won a championship that came yeah, right. Kuku. Yeah, he's. Yeah, right. He, yes. He wasn't yes, the best he, player. He, he played with well. Jordan, but right. instrumental right. Yeah. in their championships. Yes, yes. Some of them. Yes, he was. He was a, a an influential uh, person on the team. Yes. No doubt. Number three, at best, number three behind Pippen, of course, and Jordan. Uh, AP. Yes. Fun to go down memory lane always. Uh, and it's time for our break. Uh, break from our first segment together so why don't we take that now and we still have a lot to get to on the other side voice america is on your favorite smart speaker if you have alexa or google home go ahead and give us a try hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, segment three, excuse me, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And AP, you've been a busy man traveling. It's so great to be, for all of us, to be out traveling again. And uh, it's, it's good to see you on the road and you're doing some really fun stuff in the world of football. Yeah, John, I was very fortunate this week to be in the city of Atlanta, Hotlanta. They were excited about the basketball, but there was also right. an induction ceremony for the Black, for, yeah, for the Black College Football of Fame, the 12th annual, and that organization was was founded by none other than two Grambling State University quarterbacks who played in the NFL, James Shaq Harris and Doug Williams. So um, wow. it was fun to be there as, and uh, see the inductees. And there were six people inducted. John was Coy Bacon, defensive lineman. And, uh, played for a number of NFL teams, and Greg sure. Coleman, uh, the punter. Uh, you know, it's rare to have an African American be a punter. He's a very good punter yep. for a long time. Uh, Jimmy Giles, a tight end, was a four-time Pro Bowler, and his his two claim the fame. Uh, notes I think is his production. Eight every eight and a half uh, catches, he had a touchdown, which is the only person ahead of him with 350 catches at the tight end position is Dave Casper. I think it's 7.8 or something like that, and Dave Casper's in the Hall of Fame. And then Jimmy right. averaged. Uh, about 15 yards a catch uh, or 14 and a half, which is like third all time for tight ends with 350 receptions. So he's right up there at the, at the top. You know, somebody like Gronkowski maybe has 15 just slightly ahead of Jimmy. This is a whole completely different era of football. So right. he's a, he was quite a special talent. He was a tight end for the ages. He was a big man that could run. He had 80-yard touchdown run, 60-yard touchdown run. That just doesn't happen for a man his size. So he was way ahead of his time, but could have played in this era. It would have been <laughs> spectacular. And then, the, of course, the fact Fabulous left tackle, the New York Jets, uh, primarily left tackle, Winston Hill, mm-hmm. who protected Joe Namath all those years. So he was inducted into the Black College Football Fame. And he's and also Roynell Young, the uh, another athlete from Alcorn State, like Jimmy Giles, a big cornerback that played for the Eagles, uh, especially, and was in the Super Bowl with Dick Vermeil. And then <clears throat> Coach Bailey was at Virginia Union, and he had a lot of victories there in, a, in a, another school, I think, I believe. So those were the six inductees. That's wonderful. And AP, I recognize every single one of those names. But the one that really stands out is Jimmy Giles. He was a force. You know, I lived in the west coast of Florida in the when the – Tampa Bay Bucks were born, literally born in 1976. 0 and 26 is how they started their uh, franchise in the first two years. I remember, and uh, and you know, so I followed him ever since. You know, I went to some Bucks games at the Big Sombrero, uh, as Chris Berman always calls it, up in Tampa. We all remember that stadium and uh, on Del Mabry Boulevard. And uh, and Jimmy Giles. So, yeah, an absolute force, household name in my book, and certainly Hall of Fame worthy, to be sure. And uh, it sounds like a great time. I uh, did have a question. Is Winston Hill. He was the uh, 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 offensive tackle on the Joe Namath Super Bowl team in 69, right? 
Correct. Yes. Yeah. He was okay. an all star many, many years. Yeah. His Thought two so. daughters accepted on on behalf of his, of their family. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, Winston had passed away. But I did get a chance to meet him one time. Down, we were at the Joe Namath football camp, and we drove okay. around one afternoon. So I was really lucky. Well, I'll say this: it's not every offensive lineman that you know. The moment I hear his name, I recognize it immediately, especially from 40, yeah. 50, 60 years ago, whatever it is. For gosh sakes, mm-hmm. and he's one. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I'm not alone. You hear the name Winston Hill, you know it. It's a catchy name, and he, of course, he was part of the most famous upset, maybe in sports history. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Winston Hill. It's, it's fun to hear a name like that because, you know, those 69 Jets are a team that will live forever. Forever. Oh, yeah. Say the yes. least. Oh, yes. Yeah, they sure will. And, uh, you know, Winston, uh, they would not not have won the Super Bowl. They ran behind him all day. Matt Snell had 121 yards. Exactly. 30 carries, and they just dominated that left side. And yep. Winston – perennial all-star and like you said if you heard his name you know it meant excellence you mean there was never a question if he would play well correct yes consistent automatic you know uh terrific well ap you know sticking with football uh you know we touched last week on what was then pretty brand new news of you know the college football playoff potentially expanding to 12 teams uh, that was recommended by a committee who's actually been working on it apparently for about a year. It kind of broke last mm-hmm. the week week and a half ago, and boy, huge yeah. news! Uh, and kind of the secret was out. They were they were looking at it, and uh, and so this past week, since the news broke, there was its first test. A committee, uh, some other committee, who. Uh, who, who put their stamp of approval on it? 12-team college football playoff. That's we're talking big, big here, big news. And they again put their stamp of approval on it, so it moves to the next phase. Uh, the, the head of the college football playoff, Bill Hancock, talked about it. So it's, it's on its way to, I guess, for lack of a better word, phase two. Uh, so. <laughs> AP, it's it's just seismic news to put it mildly to go from four to twelve teams. I think we all thought maybe six, certainly you know, certainly six, maybe eight, but then yes. you know to come out with twelve really was uh, gigantic news. It was the talk of the sports world when it came out, and, and still is, and, and will be for the next number of months. I guess it might all get finalized in September, but what are you hearing down south in the uh, literal literal hub of college football, which is right. the south, and you're in Alabama? Right. right. I think the main thing for this part of the country, John, is the FCC. They're thinking, maybe we can get three teams in this. this, this <laughs> if affair. not four, five, or six. We're always trying to get two. Yeah, so... Yeah, uh, exactly. that, that's always going to be the push from this part of the country that we have the best team, the best conference, so we beat each other up and we deserve to be in it. So, But I guess there was some objection from the Pac-12. I think it, the, the way it's stated, the the best six conference champions are, are seated. And I think the Pac-12 kind of objected. They wanted all Power Five in there, which I find interesting because – don't you believe that the Pac-12, you have teams every year, 
that will be better than, you know, will we'll, we'll, we'll be within that six? I mean, why did, would you have to make that objection? I don't quite understand. Yeah, well, you know, they're feeling left out. They haven't been to the CFP since I think right. Washington played, if I'm not mistaken, Alabama about four years yeah. ago or so. Yeah, so that's right, a long right. absence. And AP, we talked about this a little bit last week. It's still something I'm grasping, which is, you know, we all know the yeah. power five, but now we're hearing like the power six. And is that indeed the American conference? Well, I think I think John, it's going to be um, any conference. I think and that'll be the, the, the six conference teams. That's the way I understood it. That's why the, the Pac-12 was objecting. I think, but because they felt maybe they'd be left out um, of that equation. But I'm I'm thinking if you're a Power Five team and you win a conference championship, I I think you'd probably be in the top six of the Absolutely. conferences. No, we're talking about storied yeah, programs here. Start with the, yeah, so, <laughs> Oregon, USC, yeah. UCLA, Stanford, Arizona, Arizona right. State. Uh, you know, these are storied yeah, programs. Was, was, Washington. Yeah, Washington, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah Washington, so Washington that's the way State. I understood it. You know, yeah, that's the way I understood it, John. That, um, and, of course, the American Athletic Conference, and we all know Mike Oresco is the uh, – Commissioner, I mean, he's he's Absolutely. totally excited. Uh, somebody somebody said, "How many bottles of champagne did you open that day?" <laughs> Correct. No, he's and Mike, you and I both think very highly of him. We've attended yes. American Athletic numerous football media days every August in Newport, Rhode Island, which was convenient for both of us up here in New England when you were here. And I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Anyway, AP, it's just been, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, I say the more the merrier. I mean, I'm I'm all in. I think most college football fans are all in. Again, give me more games. Give me more important games as we get into December and certainly January. Right. Uh, John, I think what I, um, my observation about this 12-team playoff is the fact that if you have an upset in this format, a Coastal Carolina beats an Alabama. Right. I mean, that is that that's a humongous upset in football. Whereas basketball, you know, you take the top twelve teams, top twenty-five teams, either team wins it. You'd say somebody's favored, but it doesn't surprise you. But in this format, it, this would be. Un- I think it'd be unprecedented. Because, you know, I'm trying to think of different teams throughout the course of history, and that's a lot of games, John, where it was a, um, a monstrous uh, upset, you know, just something people would not even fathom. Appalachian State being, beating Michigan. That's it. That's it. You, you, you probably nailed the most famous one in the modern era, I would say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. AP, our next break has quickly come upon us, so why don't we take that now? Still a few more things to get to on the other side, and uh, we'll get to that here after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice of america listeners welcome back to the fourth and final segment of all around sports I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the NBA Conference Finals, Clippers versus Suns, and Hawks versus Bucks. We've certainly talked a lot about both. Haven't talked as much, but it's still very relevant in addition We have the uh, conference finals already well underway in hockey, where we got the Tampa Bay Lightning, or Ning, as they call them down in Tampa. Uh, And if it's not Ning, it's the Bolts, defending Stanley Cup champion. They're playing the Islanders. And then we have Las Vegas Golden Knights playing the Montreal Canadiens. That's all great theater. Stanley Cup playoffs are awesome. Anyway, AP, so we got a lot to look forward to, but can't let the show pass i mean you know i know you're on the road but i'm sure you're well familiar with uh what john rom did yesterday the becoming the first player ever to get two birdies on the final two holes to win the u.s open while also being the first spaniard ever which is saying something given seve yes uh yes and sergio uh so, yeah, and uh, Olathebel as well. And uh, mm-hmm. AP, it was just uh, riveting television. I, I planned my Father's Day to be in front of the TV for the back nine, and it all worked out pretty well. Aided <laughs> by the fact that it didn't come on in the east. They didn't tee off on the first hole till 5 p.m. Eastern because they were out in California, so I oh. loved it. Yes. Yeah, that was quite a finish. And, John, I, I like the fact that, that there's an injection of new names into the, the sport, any Correct. sport. And the way well, you mentioned it the first time that ever happened, um, yes. a standard to do that. So I like the fact that it's, it's somebody else now. You, 
something you can gravitate towards if you're thinking about watching a tournament. And the usual suspects are not in the lead. Correct. It's his first major, obviously, John Rahm. He proposed to his wife on the cliffs of Torrey Pines. He had won there before, so clearly a special place for him. And when last seen before the Open started, a mere two weeks ago, he was uh, basically falling to his knees, as he was told, walking off the green of the 18th on Saturday, where, where he shot the round of his life, had a six-stroke lead. And as he walks off the green, they tell him he tested positive for COVID. He's disqualified for the next day, so he can't play. And next thing you know, he, so he's in quarantine for whatever, 10 days, shows up at the U.S. Open in Torrey Pines and did what he did <laughs> yesterday. It's a fabulous story. Like, he stayed positive rather than, like, dwelling on the this tournament that he could have won that he didn't have a chance. Great story. Just a great backstory. And it all took place within, you know, 15 days. So pretty cool. Yeah, least. John, if you realize that's, that that story cannot have happened, it's 100 years apart before this pandemic. So Correct. There you go. That's amazing, <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's a 100-year right. story right there. Yeah, so speaking of the pandemic, and the less we speak about it, the better off we all are, trust me. <laughs> but anyway, that said, right. Right. that said, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Paul returns because he's out in the COVID protocol at the moment, didn't play in yesterday's game one against the Clippers, but boy, I see Chris Paul coming back and doing something special exactly like John Rahm did. I just do. It's like, it's almost to me like the whole year has, you know, brought us to this point. Chris Paul has elevated yes. that team to championship level, and here he is. You know, if he comes back in game two at Phoenix, uh, which is uh, within a night, next night or two, uh, that's just going to be potentially great theater, and I expect him to rise to the occasion with a great performance, which he does routinely these days. Yeah, I think so. If he's not affected too much by the, um, the circumstances, he's probably, you know, he, he would be well-rested, and, and that's it, his advantage. Well-rested, that is a good term. And just, yeah, Clippers out Suns tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern. So uh, that's a big story. Will Chris Paul be at that game at home? They're going to need him for sure in games three and four out in L.A. You need a Chris Paul yes. on the road in the conference finals. You just do. Uh, he's been their leader all year. And... Devin Booker yesterday became that leader and led them to victory, put the team on his back. But, you know, you, you need Chris Paul. And uh, if he returns in Phoenix tomorrow, that could be a really, really special moment. And I think he'll put forth a performance worthy of the excitement that will be in the air in the Phoenix. Uh, I think it's called Talking Stick Arena. I've been right there. Uh, mm -hmm. Great. Right downtown. And uh, so that could be yeah. really, really uh, memorable. Oh, yeah, John, I, I expect the same thing from Chris Paul. I mean, you're on the cusp of reaching a championship round. Right. You're going to do everything you can mentally and physically to be at your best. And he's, you know, a veteran. Uh, there's no fear. There's no hesitation, nope. no apprehensive moments uh, when he's on the basketball court. So, yeah, I expect him to be have a, have a top-notch game. Yeah, he's waited his whole career for this moment. 
And that, that oh, moment, yes. that moment it could be tomorrow night. It really could be. Uh, I don't know the timeline. I don't know that anybody does. Uh, these things are, shall we say, mysterious. And uh, <laughs> yeah, to say that I'm being kind with that word. And uh, so, we, yeah. We shall see. Regardless, we're going to see him again. Uh, I, I certainly believe, uh, as does everybody else, and it's going to be good whether it's Phoenix, L.A., or whatever. He's a Hall of Famer in the bag already, and now he's just—he's uh, looking for that exclamation point on his career, and he's playing like that. And uh, it's an awesome thing to see, fun to watch, to put it mildly. And uh, so we shall see what happens. Uh, and it's just going to be, you know, special stuff, uh, to say the least. So, so AP, uh, yeah, the, the world of football is, you know, changing. I want to give a report here. I know you're interested. Real quickly, get three minutes to go till we have to close it out. But saw reports this morning direct from Patriots camp. Everybody is loving, repeat, loving Mac Jones. He is getting just rave reviews up here. And I'm sure you're not surprised, but uh, I'm up close and personal and 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium. And, yeah, everybody's loving what they're seeing from him. And for that matter, Cam Newton's having a good camp. Uh, he didn't have a camp last year. But Mac Jones, looking good. Yeah, no surprise, John. As you stated, uh, Mac Jones, his teammates love him. Um, he, he has uh, – unique skills uh, which I believe are would make a good quarterback at any level uh, number one is the accuracy I'm always interested in the accuracy number one because if you're accurate you can you know they can work around a lot of different uh, deficiencies that you may have if you can get get in a position where he's making the throw because of his accuracy it will be completed so and then he's very smart and in this game John's you have Three to five seconds, and you're judged on that three to five seconds. That's it. Correct. That's all you have. And he's very quick thinking and understanding offenses and uh, getting the ball out of his hands in a timely manner. That's part of his DNA. Some quarterbacks, Sean, there's that tendency. Their feet are they're, they're ready to, like a horse uh, when they fear something. It's flight. It's flight. And Correct. that's why you have to watch the feet when you're, when you're uh, scouting quarterbacks, you know. Watch the feet. Uh, that's a key when you're recruiting quarterbacks. Yes. Well, it reminds me of another quarterback we've been watching for 20 years up here. Uh, those are his uh, top <laughs> traits. And AP, it's kind of funny. He's wearing number 50. That's what Belichick issued to him for camp, mini camp <laughs> the mini camp that just ended. And uh, so uh, all I can say is classic Belichick. And uh, he, he's keeping him and all other rookies in their, in their place that they're rookies. They, number 50 says it all, I think. Right, right. He's an old-style coach, and he goes through that protocol of being a yep. rookie. And he doesn't let, him, doesn't let him forget. Yes. Oh, everybody loves it up here, believe me. Um, AP, great show. Can't thank you enough for joining us. And, uh, you know, we always love your perspective and uh, your on-the-scene reporting from the various events you've been attending recently. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you very much, John. It's always my pleasure. And thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time.
Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.